Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Today we have the lovely Amala Kometis with us. How are you, Amala? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Amala is a chartered accountant and MBA graduate with over 10 years of experience in tax and small business advisory services. She is the director of 412 Accountants, a chartered accounting firm that was founded to empower business owners to understand their numbers and gain clarity. With a purpose to create something more than just tax compliance, an inclusive service offering set out to create strategic accounting and tax solutions. So, Amla, I'm going to start by asking, have you always loved numbers? Um, Not really. Um, I think from a young age when you've had to learn how to budget, um, you kind of pay attention to it. And as you learn a bit more about it, you realise it's not as hard as it turned out to be. Um, I think I was saying before, uh, high school wasn't, accounting wasn't sort of, my subject that I was enthusiastic about so I'd always take that um, easy road to it and sometimes not attend classes Um, but then when my teacher kind of said hey if if you don't attend classes um, this is not going to end well Um, I was like all right I'll give it a go Um, and yeah it was interesting um, starting with the debits and credits foundations and I was like okay I can get the swing of this Um, and then it kind of just went on from there yeah and so did you love, because you said, you know, the practical aspects of the budgets, is that what you loved about it when you got into it, the practical aspect? Yeah, I think it's just seeing what you're doing and what result you can have from it um, and how you can incorporate that into your life. Like it was always like, right, you know, when my first job, it's like $5 an hour. What can I do if I work three hours today or tonight? Um, what can I do with $15? Um, of course, it was like, okay, I can go to playtime. I can buy Maccas. I can leave some money aside, which means because I have something on for next week. And then week by week, that's just how um, like I functioned. Yep. And so did you have no, like when you finished high school, was it like, yep, I'm going into accounting? Was that a, quite a clear path? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, interesting that because I never kind of explored um, anything else right after high school. Um, it was probably after uni where I was like, did I want to do accounting? Um, and it was like, okay, like, well, I've invested this much, should I keep going? So I didn't go down that traditional path of hopping into a CA, CPA straight away. It was figuring out and deciding, um, okay, do I want to do accounting? Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of working in the field and seeing if I liked it, um, whether I wanted to go into corporate or do small business um, and you know over time I liked um, interacting with clients um, small teams and then I was like all right let's commit to this a bit further yeah. yeah and did you always think that you'd run your own business at the end of it or not um I always felt like this wasn't going to be it for me um, I couldn't see myself you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years down the track and having to have the same process, uh, the same um, kind of role or not role, but just showing up to the same um, type of work. 
yep. whether that's in a different accounting firm, but hey, look what happened in the last two years and you don't have to show up to the office these days. Um, it, it felt like it was just a matter of time. Um, I've always had two jobs. Um, even like, you know, in retail, when I just started working, I've had two jobs and then um, with accounting, it was something that I allowed myself time to see if I wanted to work for myself um, rather than I have to work for myself. Um, yeah. Try before you buy kind of thing. Yeah. And um, sometimes like I find with myself, it's in my head, I'm thinking about it. And then I'll know when I'm ready, when I wake up one morning and I say, that's it. This is the day. And that's what happened. Um, and then after saying, this is the day, it's that process of actioning it. Um, and as we know, like if, if you leave it too long, it's like, what well, did you really want it? Um, yeah. Yeah, so you put the wheels in motion for it to happen. Yeah. And you weren't born here in Australia. Would you like to share a little bit about your background? Yeah. Um, I was born in Bosnia in Herzegovina. So um, I am from the second part, the Herzegovina part, which is sort of up north and down south. So I'm down from down south. Um, when I, yeah, so um, I lived there till I was about seven with my family and life was there as we know it. Uh, the war happened in 1992, so the Balkan War, um, and we had, uh, like, my dad got injured in the war, so along with, you know, other people, um, and it came to the point of where he needed care, um, and at that time, Saudi Arabia was taking in refugees and uh, injured soldiers and civilians, I guess. Um, and we were sent there as part of, well, it wasn't just us, but there were other families there as well um, as part of the rehabilitation and care. And, you know, for a seven-year-old, it's great because um, getting out of this place that you're not really happy with. Um, so we stayed there for about three years and we were, we lived in a compound area where it's within the hospital. So everything compounded from a point of, um, expats and uh, whether that'll be like it was predominantly from what I remember it was predominantly from the US um, and in that three-year period it was um, the recovery for rehabilitation and there was no commitment to stay there and well, actually you weren't allowed really you were there just for um, a humanitarian view um, and then you were kind of told when you were fit and recovered um, either go back to where you came from or, you know, we'll help you find somewhere to live. Um, and um, obviously during the war, a lot of people got displaced and my dad's sister was already living in Australia who came here because of their aunt who migrated, like, I think maybe 50s or 60s. Okay, yeah. Um, so we had the option to come here or to go to the US um, and for me as like a 10 year old kid the US all I knew was bloody Disneyland right it's yeah. like the reason the US exists is because of Disneyland and Mickey Mouse um, we never went to the US which was kind of like a tantrum from my end but in hindsight it was probably a good thing um, did you know English at that stage yeah, yeah. so yeah. in Saudi Arabia uh, so we went to an international school um, within that compound area and that school was designed for the expats like who were at the hospital like the surgeons uh, 
the staffing, who had families there as well. Um, and that's where I learned English. And I remember trying to learn English and reading one book and thinking, what is, what is this? Um, and then waking up one morning and going, oh, my God, I understand what people are saying. Well, not one morning, but over time. But it was that point where it was like, I can understand what they're saying. So when we came here um, and I went to primary school, people were kids were looking at me like I didn't understand English. And of course, they'll speak loudly. Or I'd be like, yeah, I understand you. And like, oh, you understand English. Um, I'm like, yeah. The only difference was uh, it was US English, American. So like the uh, okay. and yes. words that you use. Uh, but over time, you kind of lose that a bit. Um, yeah, and then arrived here and um, kind of lived life. Did you find it easy to settle in when you came here? No, not at all. Um, I guess we were fortunate to have some family here, which was, you know, you're forever thankful for that. But, you know, like as we settled in as our own family, like we lived with my aunt and uncle for a few months, which, again, as a kid, it's kind of, it isn't as bad as if you were an 18-year-old. Yeah. It's more of an adventure as a kid, I guess. Yeah, because you're with your cousin and things are yeah. fun. But, you know, over time it's like, okay, you want to do what you do as a family. Um, yeah, and maybe like, it would have been harder for your parents than it would have oh, been. Oh, I can't imagine what that was like. Yeah, um, yeah and then it was because my dad wasn't able to drive around. We didn't really have a car. Um, and my mum was his carer, so she didn't work. So it was kind of like um, struggling to kind of find that in-between in community as well, attending events, engagement um, as a kid. And I think with school as well, um, it was, you kind of got what you were offered. Um, if you were offered something like, as in, do you want to attend an activity? But it's like, mm, I can't, so I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. Um, or things like that. Uh, but everything was always local, which was really nice. Um, and I think over time, because you're still processing a lot of stuff of having to shuffle around, of having to relocate so many times. Like even arriving here, like relocating a few times just to find your home was, you know, over time challenging. But you get used to not being rooted somewhere. Yeah. Um, Does that mean you kind of have a, um, you don't have that attachment to things? Do you know what I mean? Like I've grown up in the same area my whole life. I actually live in the house now that I grew up in. Do you know what I mean? So I have, I'm like very sentimental about things like that. Is it different because of your the way it's been for you? It was. It was. Yeah. Everything was just so easy to kind of detach and be like, yep, yeah, let's move on or like, yeah, that's fine. But now we've been living in Australia for 26 years. Like when you say 26 years, it's a long time. Because even when we arrived here, when, you know, you speak to somebody and they say, oh, we've been living here for 20 years. You're like, whoa, that that's that's long that's that's me now now it's like fine but up until maybe like 10 years ago it was like well where am I where do I belong how do I kind of set my roots um and so forth like I'd still be open to the idea of picking up and relocating my life overseas it doesn't have to be back home but it can be anywhere and I wouldn't have an issue with that yeah that's really interesting do you think that kind of finding your place as a young person made it easier or harder in the decision to start your own business and, you know, put that kind of your own future in your own hands, um, an easy decision? 
it was an easy, it was a less scary decision yeah. rather than easy decision. Um, I think because for a long time, my future was in my hands, you know, yeah. like from a point of if you want something, you've got to do it yourself. Um, but equally in saying that, you know, arriving to Australia, it wasn't on our own. Um, you're aware of that, but it's like, yeah, we've helped you this far. The rest is up to you. So you can't kind of just be like, oh, but I didn't know or I can't, you know, like you didn't help me or, you know, someone needs to help me. Um, it's like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Now what can I do? Yeah. And there was always that mentality rather than um, like easy versus scary. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I know what you mean. It's like you've been given this opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, the fear, like the fear is um, like aside, it's just like is the timing right for it? Like I, like I always felt like if the timing was right for it and um, it was always like, like I don't want to say that I don't like authority. I mean, I do follow the law, but I mean from a point of um, you're going to tell me what time I need to leave. Uh, I don't know. I, I never liked that personally too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like fair enough. You respect what's required, but um, okay, you know. And sometimes you do stick up with it because, put up with it. Sorry, uh, because you're trying to figure out things for yourself. Um, but long term wise, you know, like I'm thinking, at whatever age that might be or down the future, it's like I don't want to follow that. I don't want to follow a time clock um, that's saying, "Yep, yeah, it's five to five. You can leave at five. Or you're like, "Yep, yeah, you can go." Or something like that um again but you know we're seeing now that's changing a lot as well so yeah over the last few years definitely yeah changing. definitely it's interesting i was always um i actually got called once a clock watcher because when i was working for someone else i would work my ass off during yeah. nine to five but at five o'clock i'm at the door mm. and people you know i was working in agencies where the the culture was you hang around you have a drink this that you know do a bit more work because you slept off during the day and you had a long lunch. It's like, I'm not into that. I just want to get in, do my work yeah. and then see you later. Yeah. So I like a bit of both. Um, I do like, you know, hanging around a bit um, and I do like sort of uh, that aspect of, you know, I need to leave at five and I'm going to leave 10 minutes early because I was 20 minutes early today to beat the traffic or to make an appointment or whatever it is. Um, it's easy to forget that someone comes in four days a week, an hour early. But it's super easy to remember that they left 10 minutes on the Friday. Yeah. And it's that kind of right. culture. Um, yeah. So how have you, you've got a few employees now within your um, accountant firm. How have you kind of created a culture that's that's in alignment with what you've just been saying? Yeah, um, I think about that every day and I think about it like, is this is this the right thing? Is this the right way? Is this the correct environment that we're creating? Um, it's just showing respect um, and it's hearing the other person of, you know, I think it was maybe like a few months ago, somebody was moving apartments and they were saying, I need to do this. And it's like, yeah, go home and do it. Um, it's having that understanding of what if that was me, you know, that, level of empathy as well but not too much of it to be like oh okay well what can I do about it yeah. um, it's showing that enough empathy and understanding of you know I would like that as well I would like to have that ease of 
hey, listen, I have the electrician coming in at 3 p.m. That's the only time they can come in. Can I work from home or, you know, I'll be running around. Yeah, okay, just, just make sure that's done because they're asking for it or, um, you know, is everything else up to date? Um, because that person that's there, you know, over time or whatnot. Um, and from day one, I've always said, I don't expect you to be here till six o'clock every night. Um, yes, it happens from time to time. Um, but it's not every night because, yeah. you know, every night, one, you've got too much work on. You're going to burn out. Shit's going to hit the fan between, like, internally. Uh, or I haven't taught you enough. Or you're slack. It's, it's three yeah. of those things and you've got to assess which one it is. Um, yeah. It was funny because the other night I was talking to somebody who is um, consulting at one of the big four companies and they were saying how oh, it's every day, you know, there's always a meeting at 4.30 p.m. I go, time stealers. That's, that's all that is. It, it's a time stealer of your time when you should be checking out at five or whatever time it is. Okay, it's, it's smart, but it's wrong, you know. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. that's the thing, you, you start building resentment. You know, working in an organisation that's like that, you build resentment and over time, what sort of an employee are you going to be? Yeah. Not a great one. Yeah. So rather than having loyalty and um, understanding between employee and employer, they're going the opposite. Yeah, and um, short term, yeah, sure, a few months or even up to a year, but then it's like I don't want to be here anymore and, you know, you check out but you're still there and it's like what quality of staff commitment and sort of environment are you creating? I would yeah, say that's right. Yeah, yeah. Recently, you finished more study. Would you like to share a bit more about that? Because you always, you said, um, I don't know if it was before we started talking, you said you had two jobs. Yeah. Always had two jobs growing up. Um, so not only did you run your business, you went back to do more study at the same time. Can you share that experience? Oh, it was like a lifetime ago, but it was only like four months ago. Um I always wanted to do something further. Like, so after university, I didn't go down the path of automatically hopping into chartered accounting or CPA. I gave it some time and I did the chartered accounting and I thought, what now kind of thing? And I was like, oh, there's always room to study. And um, I shoot on an MBA for a while. It would have been about 18 months while I was thinking about it. And I went to an information session a year before I enrolled and I loved everything that I heard but then I was like oh I don't feel like I belong here I just it's a bit you know too much for me um and then I decided I was going to apply and then in the application process it was like write us a cover page of why we should accept you and I was like what okay cool and I was like oh this is a bit uncomfortable um, so after doing that, it was like, oh, I got accepted. Shit, this is serious. Do I accept the offer now? It doesn't mean I have to accept it. I can still say no. Um, and the program was two years part-time or one year full-time. And full-time was out of the option, obviously. Um, and I was like, part-time, I was like, look, if I finish it in three years, I'll be great. I'd be happy with that. Um, so I started in January 2020, which life before we knew it was just... yeah story and I remember starting orientation day was the 2nd of January 2020 we had a 
event on that evening all the way up in the Dandenongs and um, I said to the professor sort of at the end because usually towards the end it kind of fizzles out with just information and it goes look if you need to be somewhere you need to be somewhere but you need to decide where you should be you know and I was like whoa this is because it's a standard right like you're setting a standard Um, and that kind of changed my thinking of yeah he's absolutely right you know like do you commit 100% 110% into this um, or just kind of like float around and that's when I told myself I'm going to do this in two years if this is doable in two years I'm going to do it in two years and that was like on the day of orientation and that was before you knew there was a pandemic on the way yeah yeah perhaps I wouldn't have finished it in two years without the pandemic because the 5k radius and being at home what else am I going to do except study um it was challenging in that so term one that we said there's four terms term one was in person and term two kind of changed to online which was kind of a bit uh conflicting from a point of enrolling this school to get that face-to-face engagement and it's like why am I doing this um then I was like don't steer away from what I told myself I'd like to achieve within that two-year period and we were fortunate that the school did create an environment where the online was inclusive um the challenges with that was though uh COVID hit job keeper came in and yeah. your your business yeah busier yeah. than ever before yeah and it was just kind of like I need to do some studying I need to study and um you know what's that saying you allow yourself six months to do something it'll take you six months to do it you allow yourself to cram 10 weeks of work in two weeks you'll do it yeah so there were kind of terms of that as well there was a term of that um and, and I thought to myself, geez, if I can do this, I can just keep going. And that's what I did. You know, short-term sacrifices um, for the end result, which was finishing everything up in December and not having to worry about it and being like, yeah, I did this. Um, it taught me a lot about myself, about perseverance. Um, you know, like any framework, if you can look it up online these days, you have that accessibility. But it was almost as if... You take yourself, well, I felt like I took myself to a space where it was like the doubt of studying, working full-time, running your own business and everything else that's happening in life um, kind of fizzles away when you see what you can achieve. Yeah. And, yeah. What's possible on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So were you very, obviously, very proud of yourself for achieving it? I was. um, It still hasn't sunk in. Um, I did get my piece of paper that says... I was going to ask, have you actually graduated yet? Well, I have, but the party hasn't happened yet. So that's happened okay. this year. because of COVID and all of that. Um, it was it was kind of um, like what I liked about it, the information session that I went to, um, the person that was presenting it was the one, like the professor, was the one that I was like, whatever is coming out of your mouth, I'm like just absorbing it all in, into my ears and it's just being like, yep, cemented into it. in there. Yeah, yeah, like that's like permanent filing cabinet in there. Um, and my first subject was with her husband at the university and my last subject was with her. So I was like, this was meant to be. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's sunk in and I'm extremely proud of myself for that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how it's the people so that, you know, you being inspired by this professor is really what pushed you over the line. 
Yeah. And it's like, it's all about the people. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, when you're in an environment or in a situation where you're uncomfortable or you're feeling kind of down or kind of putting that pressure on yourself, you know, it's having that listening sense within yourself. Is it the situation or is it the people that are around me? And chances are it's the people that are around you. Um, and it's recognizing that they're sucking my energy out. Yeah. Um, and vice versa, even for the other person, that might be a situation as well. Um, and it's really listening to that and being like, you know what? Yeah, because I don't want to. That's a no, because I don't want to. Not because something came up or I'm trying yeah. to make up something. I simply don't want to. Um, but that takes time to get to that, right? And Yeah, that's right. Experience to say that. So, yeah. And also, it's also um, like it takes time to listen to that the little voice in your head that goes, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is quite right for me or whatever the situation is. Yeah. You know, because like, oh, on paper, everything looks, you know, people say, oh, on paper, everything looks great. Mm. But it's like, hang on a minute. But what do you have to actually have to do? Who do you have to, you know, interact with? What does it actually involve? Yeah. And I think it kind of takes a few years to, especially in business, to start trusting your own gut about things and decisions and, um, who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and with accounting, right, people, well, you have every right to change accountants every single year if you want um, or anything really. But, you know, and I always ask myself why, like when there's a potential new client or you sit down in that first meeting, yes, the primary objective is to see if you can service what they're after and what they require and then that relationship building. But then it's also like, why are you changing accountants? You know, it can be that, and I often hear that they've scaled too much, you don't hear from them or they're retiring and that's fine. But, you know, over time, as you listen to that internal feeling and gut, it's like, yeah, are you asking for too much? And then it's like, will this become a little headache for me down the track? Yeah. You can avoid and you don't have to deal with. Um, and that takes practice, right? Yeah. Can I say, this is really interesting. I had to change accountants. This is years ago. I think this was my business prior to Shield Shine, um, which was similar sort of setup. But I went, had to change accounts. I think my accountant was moving. And in that time, you know, nothing was online. It was always face-to-face. -face. moves, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't see him anymore. He's moved too far away. Anyway, um, but I went and saw another guy. Guy, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. And um, he didn't even ask me what my business did. And I'm like, I'm not a photographer. This was after my design business. I'm not a graphic designer. Like I wasn't in a set industry and you didn't ask me what my business entails. I'm like, what sort of relationship am I going to have with you if you don't know what I do? Transactional. If yeah. That, yeah. So I was like, see you later. I think I used him once because I was desperate to get my tax and things yeah. done, but that was it. Yeah. And, you know, like sometimes you have, we all know this, we all have it in life. Um, a person might leave um, or exit or whichever one it is um and you feel a bit uncomfortable it's like how dare they or whatever that feeling is but then it's like no ask why are they leaving um and in business um it can become cutthroat and ruthless 
internally within yourself as well because you look around you and you know there's accountants everywhere there's networking events everywhere and it's like how do you do what you want to do then it's like I stop and think and I go so many people in Australia especially now that everything's online look let's start with Victoria first um there's enough room for everyone there really is and yeah it just it makes me feel a bit sad to think that everything is such a competition. Yes. Um, like, with that, say with your previous accountant, it's like, where are they going? Why are they doing this? It's like, okay, let's find out why they left, number one. And two, uh, if it's reasonable, fair enough. Or if there's been some huge dispute, it's like, well, is it Danielle? Is she asking for too much? Or is it the other accountant that isn't servicing what Danielle is after? Um, and it's finding that in between and learning from it. And, you know, you can apply that to everything, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. it because every, whatever negative may have happened, whatever instance, whatever experience you've um, had, there's always learning, mm. always a learning. Even, mm. you know, something with your kids, whatever it may be, um, there's always an opportunity to learn from it but also to develop. I, I always talk about the amount of self-development I've done as a business owner that I didn't even know was part of, like it feels like it's part of the job, but it's like yeah. no one told me that when I was started my business. No one tells you anything, right? No. They don't have to. Um, and I guess you learn from your own experience. Um, just to go back to school, I got asked a lot, why are you doing an MBA? Um, you work for yourself. And at the start I was like, ooh, why? Ooh, you know, like put that seed, like, like that seed of doubt like in me and I was like mm, okay I'm gonna go back and think about that and then the more I thought about it the more I thought about why do we upgrade our home why do we buy a new car why did we buy a new pair of shoes why do we do this why do we do that why do we go to this restaurant but yet it's questioned when you want to self-develop education and knowledge because you're self-employed or because you're not in the field that will require that it's kind of it's like, not a prerequisite yeah, and it's like I want to upgrade my brain a little bit, what sits in here. Um, so I think that's why to begin yeah. with and then yeah. you know, all the added features that come with it. Do you think the way you run your business now is different because of the MBA that you studied, because of what you learned there? Yeah, you know, I think I remember, I think it would have been um, maybe six months into it and having a client meeting you know you go see an accountant for accounting stuff it's kind of shifted towards that business development strategy from a 360 view and I have felt at that point that was only six months in without even finishing I had that self-confidence to advise on that because you know I've been learning about it and applying those frameworks so that's shifted already from a serviceability point of view but um, you know, within the MBA that I did, you've got your core requisites, like the subjects you have to do, and they're all those specific, you know, the analytical, economics, what else, can't remember the other ones. Um, then you've got your sort of soft skill subjects, which become your electives, if you like, as well. You have more of that, um, and that's more towards the internal culture and relationships and consumer behaviour and that psychology of it as well and decision-making. Um, my answer would be yes. And it started with the service that's provided, but also the internal operations as well. Yeah. Um, workflow processes. Um, I found that that was a huge one. Yeah. 
How many years has it been that you've been running your business now? Three. Three years. And what is your proudest achievement, do you think, over those three years? It'll have to be that first hire. It's always that first hire for me. Um, I find because it's like I'm responsible for this individual that's coming into the organisation and um, teaching them, supporting them and also receiving that same support and the accountability to get up, get the work, finish the work. Yeah, I would have to say it's that. Yeah. It's really see, it's interesting because it's a personal thing. Like it's another thing involving a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like this person comes to work. It's like, am I again? You know, it's like, am I creating a safe enough environment? Um, have I been attentive enough? Um, I don't think I've spoken to them in detail all day today. You know, we had a quick ten minute meeting, but it's like, no, should that be half an hour? Um, but then, like over time, you recognize. Uh, the potential in that person is like, no, this person doesn't need to have me over them every single day. They'll come to me if they need help. But yes, always checking in. Um, yeah. The first do you time. think? Do you think that has to do? Did you have when you were working in other um, businesses, not for yourself? Did you have those sort of relationships with your employers that you think you now like that you now have with your employee? Uh, yes and no. Um, I distinctly remember one accounting firm and in the interview that I did, one, when I looked at the accounting firm online, I was like, oh, my God, these people are ancient. Um, but the first thing they said to me in the interview was, please ignore the website. We're updating them. And I was like, okay, your offices reflect. It's completely different. Um, and he was a quiet man. He was very quiet. And he was in the interview, but he didn't ask a lot. And I was like, okay account like that typical accounting persona you know that's what I thought and um he asked me a question he goes can you do journals and I went like what do you mean can I do journals of course I can do journals that's what accountants do he goes I'm just checking you know and I was like oh okay and I was always kind of like is he testing me yeah. um, so I was there for all that for five years and um the relationship was good. It was a teaching, mentoring relationship from a point of, um, you know, when you make that mistake, it isn't fix it. It's like, let's play out this mistake. What's going to happen? Yeah. What's the client going to say? You know, would you want that? And it wasn't something that was, shit, you've made a mistake. You feel crap for the rest of the day. It was, let's learn from that um, and move on. Yeah, so like I would say that was there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how the model, like what models we have on our journeys kind of also dictate how we kind of are on the other side to other people. Yeah, and the accounting firm before that, I always, every time I'd go into the, like into the office, he'd be sitting in his office writing stuff down. He had a notebook and I'd be like, what's he writing all the time? You know, like, come on. like we shopping list. <laughs> who knows um and like I'd asked like in one point I'm like what do you write in your book because every day I write the phone calls I take and all that stuff and I'm like why don't you just type them up because it's not like you're advising like an older person I know this is so bad but it's like you know we can use computers I can show you if you need help um but it was like no 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 I like to have it in front of me and I picked up that habit I have a book 
every day, take all my appointments down. As in, I have my calendar online, but I have this book, every phone call I've taken, um, writing dot points about that phone call. Um, and I flip it, cross it out when it's done or when it's been relayed um, because it goes with me everywhere. Um, so you do pick up those little kind of habits um, and then you can flip back to six months ago, but like, yep, there's that point that I wrote down. Um, yeah. Keeping it old school. I love it. You can, you can learn something from everyone. Just pay enough attention. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the future hold then, Amala? Mm, um, scaling. Yep. Um, I would like to continue working within my business um, and scaling that to a level that I'm comfortable with from a operating point of view, but also from a life point of view. Um, ideally, it's looking at having something that can be passed on, whether that's to somebody else or to exit. Um, like, I don't think I would be able to see myself continuously being involved um i think it's just sort of stepping back after a while whether that be you know a part-time role um or something like that yeah. yeah beautiful thank you so much for your time today amala oh no worries you're welcome geez that went really quick this it is goes really fun. quick i know it yeah it does thank you it's always having me oh you're welcome it's always a pleasure to chat to you um i'm sure there will be another installment of the Amala Kometa story in a couple of his time. <laughs> and I, I look forward to hearing it then. But um, thanks a lot for, for today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening today. We will chat to you again soon. See you later. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.